Well, so great to be connected with everybody and great to have you joining us here at Life and Fat. We're in an empty auditorium by and large. And this is the first time we've been able to be back and bring the service live on the 3rd of May. And everybody that's joining us from Australian Christian Channel, Shine here in New Zealand, of course, our Life family, both in Australia, here in New Zealand, over and throughout the Pacific. In the last week or two, I've had messages from Antarctica, Pakistan, Holland, people just saying, hey, we love tuning into church. And whether this is the first time or you've been here for the whole journey of life, welcome, great to have you connected. And I'm just thankful that God is a good God. And today I wanna continue, in fact, I felt quite led today to continue in our theme for the year here at Life, which is all about faith, faith is. And we're gonna pray that God's gonna speak to everyone of us every one of us, our hearts are gonna be enlarged as we come to God's Word. Father, we thank You today that we can just stop in the middle in the eye of any storm and know that You are there. And we just pray that Your presence will touch all of us, that You'll enlarge us, that You'll bring peace where peace is needed, that You'll bring insight and clarity where confusion reigns. That God, as we come to Your Word, this will be a day where we met heaven and heaven changed who we are. In the Name of Jesus, Come on, faith-filled people said, Amen. Amen. So great to be connecting. You know, so many people are saying to me, what do you think, Paul, is behind all of what's happening and what is God doing? And I said, one thing for sure is I know that the enemy's game plan is to create fear. Because fear operates on the opposite side of the pendulum to faith. And so fear, once it grips your heart, it causes you to narrow down, to become limited in outlook. And yet God has an answer to fear and God says again and again through His Word, fear not. Don't allow fear to take residency in your own heart. And I want to encourage you today because we're going to look at this whole thought how that we can move from fear to faith. Because I've realized in my life that fear wars against faith and its mission is to stop the purposes of God. To feel fearful is okay. We're all human. Every one of us feel things, but we've got to decide what we're going to live under and what we're going to become part of. You know, God never creates evil. He doesn't create pain. He doesn't create death. He's not the God that's a bringer of bad things, but God allows challenge. God allows pain. God allows even confusion, get this, and loss at times to bring about His greater purpose. And so God allows things to happen to us so that we can realign. We can define or redefine who our God is and how He walks with us. I've been thinking a lot about faith and this year in our church, we're gonna be focusing on it. But I've come to realize that faith is not based on a visible evidence, but on activating divine intervention. Right through the Bible, men and women just like you and I, had to activate their faith, not just have a belief in a God that could, but activate their faith. And once they activated their faith, then fear began to subside. I don't think the world's problem right now, the answer for the world is not the end of COVID-19. No, I think we need to realise the answer is to live an activated faith. That we're going to move from the enemy's plan, which is to reduce us and limit us by fear, to begin to stand up. And today, I'm speaking to you. We're in the moment today. That's why I'm so excited about being live today. And saying to you, you know, that fear does not come from God. 
And know that right through history, the enemy has used fear to cause us to second guess God and to move away from his promises. You either live by faith or you live by fear. And this thought of we're gonna move from fear to faith is so strong. So I wanna illustrate it a little bit. Uh, The team over here who have done such an amazing job today, you're gonna be part of the illustration. And so I felt like, God, who is team fear today? And I felt led to this group. Okay, so what does fear look like? It looks like that kind of stuff. So I'm gonna classify you as team fear. And all of those people that are saying, that's not very nice, just stay with us. It's okay, there's team fear over here. And over on this side is team faith. So what does faith look like? Oh, that's very spiritual, hallelujah. But team faith. And basically here's the scenario. You're either in fear or you're in faith or you're somewhere between. So if I said team fear are 100% fear and team faith are 100% faith, then through the equation, all of us find ourselves somewhere. Maybe today, right today, you're going, well, I'm not doing too well, Paul. In fact, I feel like I've just heard my job's gone or I've, I've lost the assurance of my retirement because of what's happening through some of the schemes I'm in and I'm finding myself slipping. And so the percentage of fear is getting higher. And you know what God wants to do? Don't you allow the enemy to lie to you. You've got to activate your faith and begin to get the equation right and move towards faith. So all of us are somewhere. I don't think any of us are 100% in faith or any of us are 100% necessarily in fear. But to look at that and ask ourselves the question, where is our heart today? See, fear seeks to limit faith. And so what I want to do is I want to move from fear to faith. I'm pretty practical and so there's a lot of things in life that teach us many things. Uh, When you understand how uh, the electric or electricity flows, you realize there are two things that are big components of say wiring a car or wiring a house and they are what we call voltage and secondly amps. And basically voltage is the pressure of the electrons. I'm getting really technical. Whereas amps are the volume, not the pressure, but the volume. So you can have 240 volts at the plug, but depending on the size of the wire and the length of the wire to the appliance will determine how much ampage you have at the appliance. So you can buy some appliances which have a big drawer of power, need a big drawer, and they will say on the instructions, do not connect to a... Um, cord, don't allow an extension cord because you're going to have too much ampage drop a long way away. You say, Paul, why are you saying this? I'm saying this, that the enemy wants you to move away from faith and have a connection that's arm's length. Maybe have a little cord. I believe in God, but God's saying, yeah, well, even demons know that I exist. Belief is not enough. You need to get close to me so that you can have the direct power supply pumping into your current circumstances. And all of us need to realign. We need to redefine and make sure that we're not self-powered, that we're not living by someone else's revelation, but we're actually fully powered. We've moved from fear into faith. Are you with me? And I believe that as we begin to do that. So I want to share a story today that happened in the life of Jesus here on earth. It's in Mark chapter 4, verse 35, on the same day. By the way, this was the day that Jesus had just provided the miracle of the loaves and the fishes. When the evening had come, he said to the disciples, he said to his believers, come on, let's cross over to the other side. 
I have a real belief that through what is happening globally, God is wanting the church to rise up and to venture into new territory. It's like, it's not just the same old. God wants to take your life, my life, and take us into brand new territory. It's a season of shift. It's a season of preparation. And you might go, yeah, but COVID, it's all around us. No, but the disciples were being taken on a journey to lift them into the purposes of the Father's heart. In fact, if you do a bit of research about the other side, it was called the Gerasenes, and it was a place that the Judeans would not go to. In fact, it was considered uncultural to even consider going there. And yet Jesus said, we're going over to the Gerasenes. And they're going, yeah, but that's a place of darkness. That's a place that's known to be demonic and destructive. And Jesus says, no, we are going. Can you imagine, because they didn't know about the storm, but the fear that would have been in their hearts. Nobody goes there. And yet Jesus is asking to take us on a journey. I want to encourage you today. God wants to take your life. Bring the light that is in you to the darkness that is in the world. He wants to take you on a journey to victory and enlargement, but you have to move from fear into faith. There has to be a shift in who we are and God is realigning all of us. And so it says in verse 36, when they had left the multitude, they took Jesus along in the boat as he was, and there were also other little boats who were with him. It's interesting it says little boats. The thought being this, you can be in a boat where Jesus is or you can be a part of a fleet and you're in proximity to Him, but you don't have Him in the center. And you can have a little boat, you can have a belief in God, but not a tangible connection. And so the ampage of God's impact in your life is so small. And God is wanting to stir us that, hey, this is not a time just to have a belief in God, but a dependence on God. It's a time for us to know His power and His power working in who we are. You can't afford today, I believe, to have an extension cord length faith. You have to move in a proximity into that faith. And as you move, that faith enlarges and you begin to see beyond your current circumstance. I'm sharing with pastors globally and saying, don't you allow what's not happening to define what God said would happen. And I want to prophetically say to you right here, right now, you're watching me. I'm in the moment. You're in the moment. God wants you to know that fear cannot rule you. It's a time to say, fear, you've come from the enemy. God has not given me a spirit of fear. Boy, I'm getting worked up. But a power, love, and a sound mind. And so I encourage you today, don't let the equation of the enemy to take you this way. To, a, to have its perfect work, but let God take you this way and begin to move one by one. God's realigning. Verse 36, when they had left the multitude, as I said, they took, uh, they took with them many little boats and they moved forward. Verse 37, and then in the middle of what God had said, get this, in the middle of God's commissioning, go to the other side, there was a great windstorm and the waves beat on the boat so that the boat began to fill with water. Let me encourage you. A true, honest, real walk with God does not mean that water doesn't enter your boat. And sometimes we say, well, God, where are you? Water will always enter our boat, but God who's with us will bring the boat to the other side. And maybe right now the enemy is using the water in the boat to cause fear to come around you. But I want you to know today that God is bigger than that. And God wants to take us on a journey of shift you say, well, how do I begin to move? 
See, verse 38, they came, found Jesus asleep in the stern and said, don't you care for us? We're perishing. He arose, he rebuked the wind, stilled the sea, and peace and still came. Then he said to the disciples, why are you so fearful? You're looking at the external evidence. Where is your faith? Don't you have faith? And God wants to move us to do that. Here's the thought. I think the key to move from fear to faith is to align the direction of our boat. In other words, is my life just doing what I want it to do? Or am I being in obedience to what God wants me to do? You can't move from fear to faith unless your life is aligned with what God wants. I've lived most of my life. I haven't always got it right, but I've lived my life that if God wants it, I'm going to say yes. It's not like, well, I'm going to fit God into my direction. No, Jesus was on purpose. And those that aligned to him and his purpose found his presence. And that brought peace. And that brought the fruit of an incredible change. You see, just to be a, a boat in the fleet is not enough. We need his presence in the center of who we are. And I'm going to ask one of our pastors, Scott Thornton, just to talk to us for a moment about obedience. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Pastor Paul. I, I love this thought that obedience gets us to move from team fear to team faith. And uh, in Amanda's and my journey in 1999, we moved to America just six months after we were married. We thought we were going to live in America the rest of our life. We got a green card. We bought a house. We had our first two children over there. And in 2004, we came back to New Zealand for my uh, brother-in-law's wedding. I was sitting on the White Cliffs uh, just outside of New Plymouth, which is on the North Island here in New Zealand. And I felt like God started to stir my heart that someday, somehow, we'd end up back in New Zealand. I had no sense of urgency, so I kind of just let it sit there and we went back to America and got on with it. And about 12 months later in uh, in June of that year, uh, June of the next year, I was sitting down with Pastor Steve, who was my boss at the time, and he said to me, Scott, where do you see yourself in three, four, five years' time from now? And I looked at him and I said, Pastor Steve, I'll do whatever you ask me to do. I'm here to serve you. But if you're asking me what's in my heart, I can't shake this thing for New Zealand. I remember it like it was yesterday. He looked at me and he said, New Zealand? It was so left field and we'd set up life over there. He, like us, thought we'd be there for the rest of our lives. And I said, yeah, I just can't shake it. And he said, well, why don't we pray about it and think about it for a little while? I remember driving down the street after that meeting and I looked at Amanda and I said, hey, where do you see us in four or five years' time? She said, I got this thing for New Zealand. I just can't shake it. I said, when did you start feeling that or sensing that? She said, at my brother's wedding at the White Cliffs. And in that moment, we felt like God was stirring something in us and was asking us to take a step of faith. We had no idea why we weren't coming to a job. We weren't coming for opportunity. We were coming because we believe God asked us. So fast forward, November of that year, we land here in New Zealand and a couple of months later, we're sitting in Pastor Paul and Marie's living room, just talking to them about the journey. And we both knew in an instant why God had called us here. It was to serve Pastor Paul and Marie and build the vision of life. And we've been doing that for the last uh, 15 years ever since. And if you fast forward to 2014, I received this letter. It says, Dear Pastor Scott, 
18 months ago, a friend of mine brought me to church on Sunday night and you were speaking on hope. You told a little of your story about growing up in a home with challenges. That day was my 38th birthday. I listened to what you were saying and I couldn't stop the tears from flowing because your story and my story were so alike. And all I could think was if Jesus can do it for that guy, then maybe he could do it for me. At the end of that service, I gave my life to Christ and it's been the best decision of my life. From that night till now, I cannot describe the difference Jesus has made in my life. I feel like I'm getting to live the life I always dreamed of, but never really believed I could have. Tomorrow, I get married to the girl of my dreams. I never thought this would happen because I was so broken. And I wanted to let you know that because you're doing what Jesus asked you to do, it changed my life. And I wanna encourage you today. On the other side of your obedience is faith, not just for you, but is faith for others. And before I hand back to Pastor Paul, I wanna leave you with this thought. You have no idea what God can set in motion with one small act of obedience. So cool, Scott, thank you. It's an amazing thing, isn't it, in the eye of any storm, how you can begin to second guess yourself. But God just wants obedience. And if you look at your life and say, well, I'm just living for me, now's the time to get him into the center. And when you begin to align the direction of your boat, you find that no matter what you face, God's with you and God will take you through it. The second thought that came to me in verse 38 is that they awoke him. And the thought was that all of us need to adjust our supply line. I think sometimes we get caught up with our own ability, our own gifts, our own securities. We get kind of caught up with the security of what's around us. And then all of a sudden, like we have globally experienced the rugs being pulled. And it's like, well, what do we really have? But when your supply line is the alpha and the omega, the God that always was and always will be, then it's like, why are you allowing fear? Don't become part of the fear camp. Begin to move and say, no, I'm going to engage fear, faith. And that faith is going to cause fear to shut down in my life because I've got a supply line that's heaven. I've got a supply line that's eternity. I've got a supply line that is alpha and omega. And yes, I'm in between and water's filling my boat, but God's with me and God can take me through. I'd love Luke, our son and pastor here at Life, to speak to us about, again, adjusting your supply line. Thanks, Luke. Thanks, Pastor Paul. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's been a challenge in the last few weeks just to make sure that I, I guess, realign what I'm looking at, what I'm focusing on. And to talk about adjusting the, the line, the supply line, I think of it being so easy for us to focus in on the headlines, which aren't that great of a story in terms of positivity. And if we're not careful, we find ourselves like the disciples were out of this powerful scripture in Mark where they're looking at the storm, but they forgot for a moment they had Jesus himself in the boat. But isn't it interesting that the moment they turned from looking at what was to who is, things changed. They realized in that moment that in their fear they could turn from not looking at what is going on, but looking at who's in their boat, that faith started to arise. And I think it's a challenge for all of us in this season to get to a point where, although it may be the reality right now, naturally speaking, we have a greater reality and He is available to be in our boat. 
I'll just put down here, it may seem right now that Jesus is in your boat, but he's getting comfy and having to sleep with his pillow, as the scripture says. But that doesn't mean he's not at work. He's always at work. He's always in control. And when we turn and look at who's in our boat rather than what is around us, we start to move from fear into faith. I love the passage in Psalm 27 in the Message Bible. Psalm 27 verse 1 says this, Light, space, zest, that's God. So with him on my side, I'm fearless. I'm afraid of no one and afraid of nothing. I think in times of fear and my own fear, my confidence actually comes from not what I see, but who I see with me. When Jesus is with us, we can move forward. And I guess simply I've summed it up into three things practically that I've done in this last season that I want to encourage some people today to do. Simply this, number one, I have had to get to a place where I've had to come back to a remembrance. A remembrance of who God is and what He's done. What I've seen Him do in my own life and through the remembrance of God's faithfulness in those moments, I've been reminded again that He's always been faithful. And so maybe today you need to be reminded that God actually has done it before and as His Word declares, He will do it again. You just got to take a moment to remember when we talk about adjusting the supply line, I think the second thing for me is this place of living out of an assurance. The way I've done that, I love the 8 a.m. devotionals that you and Pastor Maria have been doing, Pastor Paul, where it's, again, resetting each and every day, reminding us to apply God's Word to our life. In my own quiet times and reading the Bible, you know, with a young family, it can be a challenge all in the house all the time to find space and room for it. But it's those moments where I take time to read God's Word. I, I get an assurance for the day, for the moment at hand. So it's not just a remembrance, not just an assurance, but thirdly, I've found to adjust the supply line for me, it's actually moving it to this activation point of a declaration. That I need to remember God has been good. Uh, I need to assure myself in the moment that He's speaking and that He's at work. And then I need to actually declare that His promise for my life is a good thing. That He is for me, He's not against me. And the moment I activate my faith is the moment fear starts to subside in my life. And so I want to encourage you, maybe right in this moment, before I hand it back to Pastor Paul, you need to take a moment to remember the good things God has done and lift your faith that way. Maybe for you, you need to take a moment. I'm going to ask the team in a moment to sing a powerful song that they've written even in this season out of Psalm 91. And you're going to take a moment to let God speak to you and have assurance in this moment that God is with you.